What's Up Whittier. Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. What's up, Whittier? What up? What up, Remo? Say what up, Remo. Hello, everybody. So today we have a special guest, and today we have Colleen Kestner with the Rusty Monk. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. See, Remo, this time I didn't butcher the name. Uh, no, you didn't butcher the name. But it's funny, the way you started every time, we have a special <laughs> guest. <laughs> have we ever not had a special guest? <laughs> Um, well, there are a lot of us special people in Whittier. Okay, well, th- there you go. Good, good. They're all special. And we were beating up on you earlier, so now it's it's payback to me, right? <laughs> that's right, man. That's right. So, Colleen, uh, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about you. I know you're you're running with the mo- Rusty Monk. Right. Um, the Rusty Monk here on... Greenleaf. It's 6749 Greenleaf. Um, your local neighborhood beer wench. I love picking out beers, helping people find beers that they love that maybe they didn't expect to love. And I was telling Christine earlier, I actually didn't even like beer when I started working at the Rusty Monk. So I'm a big believer when people say they don't like beer, it's because they haven't found the right one yet. Yeah, and, and while you say that, we have 10 beers in front yes, of us right do. now. Yes, we do. Christine and so I went a little crazy at the cellar. Yeah, let, let's just start off there. You know, Most of the time we might have one beer here. All of a sudden there's like... A forty in front of each of us. So that's right. So, so for our listeners, um, we try to bring some some kind of adult beverages to kind of help everybody loosen up a little bit, mm-hmm. especially our guest. And uh, today it was Christine's task to get some beers, and and she said, you know what, I'm gonna call Colleen and and see what kind of recommendations she has. And of course, uh, Christine goes, you know what, I'm actually gonna go shopping with her. She offered to go shopping with mm-hmm. me. And comes back with a big old bag of uh, of beers, which you guys want to go through these and kind of describe what you guys picked up? Sure. Well, Christine told me she liked sours, and we mainly picked up sours. So not a huge variety, but um, I'm always a fan when people are also fans of sours. They're really interesting beers. They're the only beers, really, that are open fermented. So you normally you want to keep your beers really sterile and control the flavors that get in there. But with sour beers, you keep them open, let anything in the air just kind of float in there and start propagating. And so there's... Is that little fly that's in there? Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's part of the process. Just kidding. You know, actually, it's funny you say that because over here, um, they're very controlled. So the FDA put keeps a tight lid on them. But if you were to have things in from Belgium that are sour... Um, they will literally have cats running around the barns to catch mice and keep mice from like falling into the vats and stuff like that. And you'll normally say that they have a very barnyard funk because there's tons. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> people will say that they taste like horse blanket or goat, which doesn't sound very appealing, but... <laughs> Yummy. It sounds like crap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, can you talk about the first one that we have and we're going to taste it. And I think throughout the episode, we'll just taste give our g- And give our uh, feedback like on it. Like through different topics, of course, we'll interweave. Sure, well, since Christine likes sours, uh, we picked up some Farm to Barrels by Almanac. And these are really interesting beers. A lot of work goes into them. They are brewed with farm fresh ingredients. So we're having a farmer's reserve nectarine. Those nectarines are picked straight from the farm, sent straight to the brewery, which are used um, in, in the brew. It's a sour blonde ale aged in white wine barrels with nectarines. They usually add the nectarines in the fermentation process, if I'm remembering correctly. And uh, what, what do you think, Christine? What are you tasting over here? Well, 
I'm tasting the strawberry, and I poured a little bit of the strawberry for everybody, and it definitely is sour. Very, very yeah, sour. Yeah, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Like, Jesse, your face right now is like, whoa. It's like eating uh, vinegar chips, you know? That's right. how, how sour um, it is. Well, a lot of these beers will have wild yeast strains or bacteria added to them. This one, to me, I get a lot of lacto in it, which um, is similar to the type of bacteria you would find in a yogurt. So you get kind of that puckery right. yogurt flavor. Yeah. Uh, you know, I get a lot of people who come in and they're really intimidated by beer. But I think anyone can really learn how to taste beer and describe beer. And you just kind of have to break it down by the ingredients. So you have malts, water, hops, and yeast. And, of course, the yeast is very prominent in this one. But um, if you were to go through, it's, it's a little harder to taste the other ingredients, I'm not going to lie, in a sour yeah. beer. The yeast kind of takes over in the bacteria. But... This is a sour blonde ale, so you'd probably have a Pilsner malt, which is just kind of light and crackery, um, just kind of lightly sweet. And I'm not sure so about what hops are in it. So how do you go with about trying to taste one, a beer? Like, what's the proper mm -hmm. way? Okay, well, first, I would say you have to smell the beer. It's a lot like wine. <laughs> and I'm getting over a cold. I <laughs> yeah, I so it's anything. a lot harder when you're, when you're sick, but... If you take kind of short, quick sniffs, like a little bloodhound, you get a lot of aromatics from the head in the beer, which, you know, actually there's a lot of nasal receptors in the back of your throat that help you taste the beer as you're smelling it. So smell is a big part about beer. Um, of course, it doesn't help that we have in these Dixie cups, right? Yeah, these coffee <laughs> cups. I mean, you know, they're not the <laughs> they're not the best for beer. Normally, a beer like this, you'd want to serve in like a goblet or a, a tulip or something like that, that supports the head and keeps those aromatics alive. But um, any beer, if you just kind of run down, malt, water, hops, yeast. Usually, the malts they kind of run from bready flavors like cracker or toast or uh, pie crust or caramel flavors, or if in the darker beers, you'll get kind of a, a roasty malt, like coffee or chocolate. Um, and then, oh, well, I'm not going to get into water. That's like a whole other deal. <laughs> water, hops, hops kind of vary by region. So uh, German hops will be really floral and kind of medicinal, and English hops will be really woody and earthy. And hops in the U.S. are big, always bigger go home. So really piney, bitter hops or they'll be kind of citrusy. And so if you can kind of break down what to expect from different styles and different uh, different ingredients, then you get have a good head start on what the beer is going to taste like before you even taste it. Interesting. Wow. So um, that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so I know. It's a lot. Coming from someone that drinks Coors Light, <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely uh, an education. Or the easiest thing is go visit you at the Rusty Monk, and you'll yes. give the demonstration, right? <laughs> you can probably tell already that I'm super nerdy about beer. And a lot of times, I'll, I, I just think beer is so romantic. I think there's so many stories behind beer uh, and the way that it's produced or the way that it brings people together. And I love talking about beer and kind of telling people like fun trivia about the beer. And a lot of times they'll just be kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just want to get drunk. Just give me the beer. But if you want to come and nerd out with me, I love helping people discover new things about beer and things that they wouldn't expect to really love about beer. Very, very cool. Um, it, what do you think of the beer, Jesse? Let's start. <laughs> well, again, for me, it's very, very sour. I, I'm not a big fan of strawberries, so... Mm -hmm. um, you taste strawberries? I, I taste... Yeah, definitely. Strawberries well, the like the first... the first cup I gave you was the strawberry one. 
She, oh, I, I, guess, so I just did poured, you mix? I just yeah, well, I poured whatever was in front of me. So. <laughs> you totally mixed like, the nectar. I'm, t- I'm mixing everything. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So that's the first first flavor I get, the strawberry, and then mm-hmm. after that you get the sour taste. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say it, the first taste was like, oh, what am I tasting? And when you said smell it, you know, with all due respect, it kind of smelled like. Like vomit, <laughs> it, it, not in a bat. I mean, you but know, now it tastes really good. It's, <laughs> it's, it? it's not at all inappropriate that you say that because uh-huh. this technically would be an off flavor in any other beer, and it's uh-huh. called infection. And you normally look for a vomit flavor in an infected beer, but oh, with see? sour, so that's spot on. Good. You're an expert. Yeah, hey, you know, you know you I go. got it. You know a lot more than you think you do. You know, when I don't sell real estate, I actually <laughs> consult <laughs> on. <laughs> I consult on uh, other than Coors Light. If it's not a beer <laughs> wench, what do you call him? Um, he's the beer baron over here. Beer baron. Yeah. yeah. Look at you, man. Yeah, I got beer bear over Remo, here. Remo, <laughs> the, Remo the beer baron. Change it, man. Start on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Facebook. But it's actually pretty good. Okay, um, good. The first taste to now, it's definitely grills on you. Yeah. I, th- I thought the first taste, I was like, oh, my God. Where the, what, where's the next beer? But this is actually really good. Excellent. Yeah. See that? We went from... Uh, from vomit to, <laughs> to <laughs> where really can I buy this from? <laughs> Yummy. Yeah. We're Yum converting me. him to the sours over here. That's right. That's right. So, um. Colin, going back to uh, to the Rusty Monk, mm-hmm. obviously you're saying that this is your baby. Mm-hmm. This is kind of where, where you, you focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I see a lot of passion on just the way you describe beer itself. Um, how does this all come together with the Rusty Monk? In terms of what? You mean like the your beer? passion for beer. Right. And then the restaurant itself. Right. Is it a restaurant? Do you call it a restaurant? I would, uh, yeah. What do you I call mean, it? when we opened, my dad envisioned it as a gastropub. So there you go, gastropub. focus on a lot of craft beer, whether it be Belgian, German. He originally just wanted European beer. I've brought in a lot, a little more American craft than he would have. Um, but also really great food. And we have a great chef right now, too, who's kind of reworking the menu. Uh, I can tell you guys more about that. But, um, you know, I didn't. I didn't think I would be here at the Rusty Monk. Originally, when my dad opened it, he really wanted me to work here. And I had grown up in my dad's restaurants. So I kind of felt like I was done with that part of my life. I was actually working in the TV industry at the time and had no desire to come back and work for my dad. And in fact, I had worked for him at Phoenix prior to getting my job in TV. And we got in a really explosive argument about a smoothie. And I was like, never again. (laughs) Uh, But when he showed me the Rusty Monk, and it was all finished, I just really fell in love with it because I felt like I saw what his vision was, which was not just to have a bar or a restaurant, but to have a community and to kind of welcome people in. In the way, it's a very, I think, a European sentiment, what he was going for was that you're being welcomed in almost to someone's house. Correct. You know, he wanted to host people. He wanted to treat them to an experience that they couldn't get other places and get to know them and make them feel like they could stay and hang out instead of turning tables. Mm-hmm. And I, I really, really loved that and respected it. And so I worked both jobs for a while. I worked really long hours at a not a great job at Paramount Studios. And then on the weekends, I worked at the Rusty Monk and didn't think I liked beer until I had a Vine Stefaner Vetus and discovered I was drinking the wrong kinds of beer. And at the time when we opened, uh, I think 
the bartender we originally had kind of liked to flirt with me. And so I would go over and... <laughs> chow! <laughs> chow! Chow! <laughs> so I would go over and sit at the bar and kind of bat my eyelashes and say, oh, can you tell me more about this beer? <laughs> and I learned a lot about beer that way uh, and eventually started reading more about beer. And I took my Cicerone exam and got certified as a Cicerone. And now I'm actually studying to do my advanced Cicerone, which uh, is quite honestly very overwhelming and makes me want to throw up a little thinking about it but i'm learning a lot about beer and i love so much that's my favorite thing when someone comes in and tells me they don't like beer and i say okay let me let me try let me try and uh you know don't i won't be offended if you don't like the beer but i think i can find something for you and a lot of times people walk away realizing oh okay i didn't know that beer was so versatile um yeah. and, that, and that's true because uh what was it a week ago or two weeks ago i stopped by mm-hmm. and uh i was actually having drinks with a good friend of mine nelson's and a wild man <laughs> <laughs> he's a wild man uh and he frequents he's he's mm-hmm. like a, a a good patron there yes. right and um my go-to beer is at 805 mm-hmm. and i know when i walked in i said you know i usually drink 805 but give me something and you gave me two mm-hmm. i don't remember what you gave it me it was the bavik and the alpha gym blonde and the blonde was the one I think it yes. kept, right? Um, but talk about a good beer, you mm-hmm. know, al- alternate beer to that. I mean, it was pretty dead on. Good. So um, appreciate that. Oh, Now nice. I know I can go closer for a beer rather than having to walk all the way to the cellar. <laughs> 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 but, but but explain to, to everybody, even to me, that, that uh, the term Cicerone, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Cicerone is a, it's like a sommelier for the beer world. So there are four levels of the exam, and the second level is the official certification, and you have to take a very long exam where you you prove that you know how to maintain a draft system, how to properly serve beer, the laws about distributing beers, beer styles, beer history, pairing beer with food, and then you do a tasting exam where you pinpoint where beers have been brewed incorrectly, where they've been stored incorrectly, you taste beers and determine if it's one style or the other uh, based on smell, sight, flavor, and you also do a demonstration. They usually have you take apart a little piece of a draft system and name all the parts and put it back together. Wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and here I thought you just go to the store and pick it up, and <laughs> that's where beer comes from. Makes my job sound like meaningless, man. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's um, I can't complain about that. It's the best test I've ever had to study for, yeah. for sure. So how do you how do you prep for something like that when you're tasting, right? Like how do, <laughs> do you, you just keep drinking <laughs> that you study yeah, for? Yeah, you know what? It's uh, I joke about it all the time with guests at the Rusty Monk. They'll say, "Wow, you really know your stuff," and I say, "Yeah, I'm just a professional alcoholic," because <laughs> it's it's kind of true. I I do a, I spend a lot of my free time doing very scholarly research for you guys, mm-hmm. so that I can understand the beers and know what I'm bringing in and what I can recommend to you people. But I also um, I read a lot about beer too in my free time. And I've actually I've bought several books this week um, on cellaring and, and on wild ales and on all sorts of little niche subjects. And I have really great beer friends and beer reps who come in and I kind of pick their brains and, and ask them about their favorite beers. And so it's a, a good exchange of information that keeps me engaged yeah, mentally yeah. in beer. Well, that's awesome. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, it's one of those things where like that knowledge that you have Aside from it being very useful at a bar, <laughs> it can be very useful like when you're just having conversations over mm-hmm. dinner, right? Yeah. But it doesn't, I mean, it's, 
It's not common knowledge, man. No, that's, <laughs> that's way more. I am, I am a good good guest at parties, I think. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So is there, um, is there like, um, um, like, do you do pairings or is that the right term? Right. Uh-huh. Pairings. Pairings for, for beer at the sure. restaurant? Sure. Uh, we, we just did one two weeks ago that Christine came to. It was delicious. Christine, Thank you. The one <laughs> she's are very quiet. We actually, so I, I guess this is where we bonded over sours because it was, I basically threw myself an unofficial birthday party, which was just an excuse. It was totally your birthday. Yes, it was. I said happy birthday to you. You did, but it, it, my birthday had actually been two weeks before. I just really oh. know how to milk it. Yeah, um, everybody birth- was saying happy birthday. I'm like, oh my God, it's my <laughs> birthday <laughs> year. Happy birthday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was really just an excuse for me to be kind of self-indulgent and put things on tap that I normally don't do at the Rusty Monk. Sours are a little harder for us to sell because they are a niche thing and you know, like Remo over here tried his sour and said, that's really weird. And now I've had three of them. Three little, <laughs> three little testers. So. so we paired all those with cheeses, which was really fun for me because I love cheese. I've been wanting to do a beer and cheese party for a long time. Uh, but even, you know, on an informal level, anyone who comes in and they ask me, what would you drink with this meal? And I kind of try to see what do they like normally? And I try to match things up with the actual food that they're ordering because beer i think beer i think is so much more fun to pair with food than wine personally it's got all of the flavors that you get in cooking it's got roastiness or caramelized flavors or um you know spices fruity flavors so to me it's the perfect thing for food always is there any dish or type of food that you it's like a it's like a, a for sure food that pairs with beer Mm-hmm. With any kind of beer, like like for example, when you go drink wine, it's usually cheese. Like right. that's kind of like the the go to. Is there a go to for beer? I mean, for you, I have certain things that I like more than others. You know, I have I I have these smoked German beers at the Rusty Monk, and I love to drink them with steak because you get the just a grilled steak and you have that smoked beer, and suddenly your steak tastes like barbecue. Mm. So you know, I, it's it just depends on what you're going for. I guess there's no really one go-to thing, but it depends on if, or you know, for example, right now Chef just started doing these croquettes, and they're these little balls. They're made out of mashed potatoes and blue cheese, and he rolls them and panko and fries them. And because there's so much going on in the, it's very rich. Uh, but if you pair that with an IPA, it kind of balances it out, cuts through all the richness. And it's not the IPA kind of loses a little bit of its bitterness, but everything kind of resonates and uh, contrasts in a a really nice way. So it just depends on what you're going for. I mean, um, fish, like with wine, if you would have a white wine with a fish, I normally would go for like a a white ale or an English bitter. Or even uh, we have a, a Japanese beer, Asian sake cast, which goes really well with the fish at the Rusty Monk. So... Yeah, not really a go-to. That's what, what what makes it so fun to experiment. So you could combine it with anything, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Nice. So going hungry, man. going back to the <laughs> to the restaurant, you want to tell us about the kind of the birth of it because I, I remember yeah. Phoenix Five Four. I used to go there for the five years that it was open. I would probably visited there three four times a week. Cool. And then to the Rusty Monk. So you want to tell us the story there? Sure. Well, I do have to say, unfortunately, because I was so anti-working at the Rusty Monk, 
I think there were times when I wasn't paying attention to everything my dad was doing, but he was yeah. super stoked about it. He was like, let me tell you about the antler chandelier and this and that. Yeah. Uh, my dad really worked his way up from the bottom in the food industry. He was a journeyman butcher uh, at a like a Vons, I think. He met my mom at Lucky's. Um, Lucky's. Lucky's, I know, right? Wow. Blast from the past. Uh, then he became a sales rep, worked his way up to VP of sales at, at Goldberg and Solovey. And he always wanted his own place. It took a long time for him to get to a place where he could have a place without a business partner. And this was his first one. So it was all his vision. And he, like I said, kind of like a European thing. When you go to France, a lot of restaurants are named Chez Pierre, Chez Paul. It's like Paul's home or Pierre's house. And he wanted a place that felt really warm, that had a lot of authentic details. Everything that's in the Rusty Monk, my dad handpicked. All the paintings he handpicked on eBay. All of the taxidermy is antique from the 1940s. Uh, that mural on the wall he commissioned an artist to do. So he, he had a really strong vision for what he wanted. Um, and I think it's really beautiful, but I, I think I have to also mention the name of the Rusty Monk is probably the question I get asked most at the restaurant is why the Rusty Monk? And when my mom was giving birth to me, my dad was watching old Errol Flynn movies. He had kind of a habit of not focusing on the, the big event in the room and getting distracted <laughs> by details. So he's, he's really into it. Like, oh my gosh, this movie's amazing. Marie, check this out. Look at the monk and this and that. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm kind of busy right now. Yeah. But, um, a little busy yeah. while giving birth. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a little different. Busy. Just a little bit. But his favorite character was Friar Tuck because Friar Tuck, he always ate a little too much and drank and cursed and fought and talked a little too much. And he loved that dichotomy that he was a man of the cloth and he was always trying to be good, but he was a little rusty at it. So I think my dad's initial vision was that he wanted a place where people could feel free to hang out for too long, talk a little too much, drink a little too much, enjoy each other's company. And that's what I love best about the Rusty Monk is not even the beer. I love the beer. But it's the people that come in and all the wonderful stories that they tell me. And the fact that these people in Whittier... I think are so open-hearted and so willing to share their lives with you. And that's a really beautiful thing. And it's what makes, makes it worth working at the Rusty Monk. Yeah. You're essentially creating that destination, that meeting point mm -hmm. to be able to have these, these stories kind of clash and create their own stories. Right. So, um, and that's what, that's what you need. That's what, what, what any town needs, right? It's, uh, being able to create that. And fortunately, Food does that, mm -hmm. right? So um, and beer and and everything <laughs> yes. else, right? But uh, um, yeah. talk about talk about the um, I guess before you before you came to or do you live here in Woodier? I do. Born, yeah, born and I was. Well, I was not born here. My parents moved here when I was one, so I've eh, you were been here a good amount, practically, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, you know, I and I talk about this too sometimes with people that I grew up here. I actually went to high school at Ramona Convent in Alhambra. And so, you know, I was kind of a little snot when I was a teenager. It was like, oh, Whittier is so boring. My friends never want to drive here. And now that I'm older, I just so, so appreciate it. The people are amazing. The businesses are so unique. And the houses are adorable. I can't wait to buy my own house someday. But it's just such a wonderful community. And I, I love being here. And I love, I love that my dad wanted to leave me a, a place in this community. He was always thinking of other people, and I think he thought about me almost the most, so I'm very grateful for that. 
That's awesome. If you need a good realtor, I know one. <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> no, right, excellent. <laughs> that that stopped drinking Coors Light and is now drinking Farm to Barrel. Yes, Farm, farm to Barrel. barrel. Uh, there you go. My I, my vision's still good. <laughs> Before we get into a little more deeper here, so so Christine just poured out another beer. Um, two hearted, the two hearted the ale. Two hearted. Yeah. So when two you finish that, open ale. There you go. So it's an American it. IPA. And there's a six-pack of this uh, yeah. for some weird reason. So, so it's a hell of a beer tasting. <laughs> Before we continue with, yeah. the, with the asking questions, what, tell us a little bit about this beer and why you uh, selected this one. Well, uh, I actually tried this beer for the first time at the Commoner the other day. Um, I love those guys. Um, and when we were at the cellar, we ran into one of my beer reps, Greg. This is his favorite brewery, so we were kind of inspired by Greg's presence. But this is... He was telling me it's kind of more of a Midwest-style IPA, which some people would call a hazy IPA. Um, they usually Is that hazy because of the look or hazy? Yes, because they don't filter it. A lot of beers are filtered, which means that they, they separate the yeast from the beer when it's done fermenting. And that makes the beer more stable, but it also takes some of the flavor out of the beer. Hazy IPAs, you leave the yeast in. Um, a lot of people describe them as really juicy because you get all of that wonderful kind of flavor out of the yeast. Yeast, typically, you get either spicy flavors or fruity. Spicy uh, phenols or fruity esters. So so this is very fruity. And and I, I like IPAs, mm -hmm. but if I had to choose one right now, this mm -hmm. it'd be this one. Excellent. Well, it's, uh, it's got really good flavor on it. Greg would be very happy. This thing is bitter as hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hate it. I don't like IPAs. Oh my God, this what, was it because I had a uh, that that strawberry one before, or, or does it? No, because I drank it like thirty seconds ago. And I'm still <laughs> tasting it. That's why. <laughs> it's a little what too you, hard. What do you think? Uh, well, personally, I do not like IPAs. So yeah, this is really hoppy. Um, mm -hmm. I don't really like hops, which is why I like sours and like stouts and porters. If um, I knew what that means, I wouldn't like it either. Well, the beer <laughs> listeners who are listening. Okay, well, it doesn't taste like a Coors Light. Let's put it. No, well, no. Well, we did bring a stout too, Ooh, so we well. are we can totally open this. That'll next. be a wrong yeah, three. Yeah, let's do yes. that. Next. But what do you think, Remo? You don't like it? No, I, I would order this and I would drink it just because it's twelve dollars at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be the only reason yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. Or hand it over to me, man. I, I would hand it over to Jesse. So did you like the sours? Oh, more the sours like so this? much better than this. Yeah, I, I, I could definitely drink the sours all day. This one, you know, IPA is no. probably. One of my least favorite styles, mm -hmm. but I take that, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, uh. <laughs> but I could I could drink this one all day. I think this is a really really wonderful IPA. If you had a if you had to choose mm -hmm. a, a specific beer, do you have one, mm -hmm. like your go to? Uh, uh, a style or an actual beer? Let's go both. Okay, I I typically do gravitate towards things that are really hefty, bigger go home stouts especially bourbon barrel stouts, and I like sours a lot, too. So I, I kind of opposite ends of the spectrum, fruity versus really hefty and roasty. But right now, my favorite beer is the Big Bad Baptist. It is a really, really beautiful beer, and it's made with cocoa nibs and coffee that is locally sourced in Utah, um, Asian bourbon barrels. You get a little vanilla in the finish from the oak, and it is dreamy. When my beer rep brought it to me, I just didn't even want to drink it. I wanted to smell it for half an hour. <laughs> I told him, I was like, oh, I just want a skinny dip in this beer. There's like, <laughs> ah, I don't even want to drink it. So that's a really good one. And uh, they actually make a really, really great version of that as well. That, again, I had at the commoner. You'll notice a theme here. I hang out at the commoner um, right. quite mm -hmm. a lot lately. But 
they have one called the Baptista, which they make once a year, and it's that same beer with Mexican chocolate instead of the cocoa. Interesting. <sighs> and it's everything. It's everything I want. So do you carry any of these at your place? Right too, now or? we do have the Big Bad Baptist on tap. Okay. The Baptista seasonal, unfortunately, they have no more left. Um, but I have plenty of stouts. I probably have too many dark beers on tap right now because that's my preference. Probably have to pull back and uh, vary it up a little bit. And I have a lot of good sours right now too because we had that sour event and I okay. I got a little crazy and I people <laughs> bring me sours and I have to control myself because they're not our best seller. But sours I think are really special and beautiful and unique. So yeah, we got a little bit of everything though. Is there anything uh, um, on tap that you have that's like your your recommended uh, beer? Like if somebody walks in and say, I want the one that sells the most. Right. Okay. Well, um, I, you know, my dad always said that I was really good at consulting sales, which means translate that. that. Yeah. <laughs> he would say, you're a really good consulting salesman because I like to sit down at the table and kind of pick people's brains. Well, what have you like? What have you had in the past? What are you in the mood for? And I go from there because to me, the best way to sell beer is to find what is specific to that person. But I would say if you're looking for a bestseller, the Bavik is hands down our bestseller. It's a Belgian Pilsner made in the style. It's made in Belgium, but it's made in the style of a German Pilsner, which is kind of nice and dry and crisp and hoppy in the finish. It's got a really clean, spicy sauce hop. Uh, very, very popular. And then lately we've been selling a lot of left-hand milk stout. Left-hand milk stout's from Colorado. It's really ubiquitous over there. For a while it was hard to get over here. We sell that beer like hotcakes and it's a, a milk stout on nitro so nitro escapes beer a lot more quickly than carbon dioxide so it's got a really creamy finish and it's made with lactose which is the sugar in milk so you get kind of like a nice light roasty chocolatey flavor it tastes like a big giant chocolate milkshake mm. i think we found the back the perfect pairing for uh girl scout cookies they're oh, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we were talking about yes. that episode last week you said lactose i'm thinking diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. okay i'm never gonna hire remo as my beer salesman no, <laughs> I'll, I'll just consume it yes vomit diarrhea i know i'm, I'm probably not the best at this so. <laughs> Can't wait till the next one, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you describe it. That's funny. Um, so if someone came in and, and asked for the, the Rusty Monk Burger, mm -hmm. what beer would you recommend with that? Rusty Monk Burger. Oh, man. Um, mm. Sorry, can, can you describe the burger? Yeah. Our burger is a custom blend, so it has um, short rib. It has a ground chuck in it. It's got a, a lot of different cuts of beef that make it really juicy. And then it's got some mixed greens, tomatoes. It has our house aioli, um, pickles. And our chef wants to start making the pickles in-house again, which we used to do. I'm really excited about that. Uh, but burgers burgers are kind of easy. You can you can pair a lot of things with burgers. I would say I'd, I'd probably have an IPA with my burger or something really crisp and clean. I think burger a burger really opens it to almost anything, really. And again, I'd probably, I might even go back to that smoked beer. I just love smoked beers. Um, so they, yeah, they taste like a fireman's uniform, but they're really, really satisfying. <laughs> See, those are kind of terms you got to start using, Remo. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> my, my benchmark is like comparing everything to Coors Light. <laughs> like it's heavier than Coors Light or clearer than Coors Light or darker than Coors Light. That's, that's as good as it gets with me. 
So, so tell me, uh, you guys have an event that's happening tomorrow. St. Patrick's Day is obviously mm-hmm. pretty big in the beer world. Mm-hmm. What what do you guys have that's going on uh, tomorrow? Well, our chef has been working on curing corned beef from from scratch for a couple of uh, maybe two weeks. So I'm really excited about that. He's really uh, we've always been about making things from scratch at the Rusty Monk, but he's kind of taking it to a new level. He started even making our burger buns from scratch, which we've never done before. So he's doing a pretzel bun on all of our burgers. Um, But, yeah, we're going to have corned beef and cabbage, which I know is very traditional, but it's what people always ask for. So we're always trying to give people what they ask for at the Rusty Monk. And we're going to be pouring black and tans. We do black and tans every year. So you get the half of the lager on the bottom, and you get the nice creamy stout on top. And as you drink it, you can kind of mix them together or drink drink kind of them one at a time. It depends on how rough you are with your beer. And we'll probably be bringing in Murphy's Red, um, which is a real true Irish red, nice and kind of yeah. caramel malt, dry finish, a little hoppy. And we're also bringing in a whiskey beer, a whiskey stout. Whiskey, whiskey beer. Whiskey stout, yeah. So they're Asian like whiskey barrels. Okay. Let's see. Is that like whiskey with beer? And it's like a. Well, anytime you 50% age. 50% alcohol? Um, yeah, it is pretty <laughs> high in alcohol. What they do is they take the beer after it's been fermented and they put it in a barrel that has been used to make whiskey. And the wood is very porous. It tends to hold on to the alcohol and the beer kind of sneaks in there into all the cracks and pulls the alcohol out so it gets mixed in with the beer you get the flavor of that whiskey it raises the alcohol content and then you also always with oak you get a little hint of the vanilla in the finish from the oak tannin so when you say raises the alcohol what does it go from like eight percent to ten percent or i'd have to look up what the actual alcohol content of that one is but for example the quiz is on i know this this is a test right we're prepping you for for the test i love it uh yeah we've had a lot of bourbons i i don't we've never had a whiskey stout on tap we've had a lot of bourbon stouts in the past we one of my favorites is huge arc by anderson valley that's actually my favorite brewery i just love anderson valley but they have a huge arcer which kind of ranges from like 13 and a half to 14 percent and we had a, cu- oh, a couple of weeks ago, we had an Old Rasputin, barrel-aged Old Rasputin, which they make once a year, and my, my dad had bought this cake. So this was a cake that was kind of sitting back there, cellaring for about three years. And wow. yeah, it was, whew, it was a really beautiful beer. Um, kind of when you age a beer like that that long, the, the hops kind of die out. Uh, you the the malts kind of get a mo- little more amplified and it kind of takes on almost like a sherry like flavor, so it was a really beautiful beer and that one although I cannot measure it for sure, probably was climbing up to about fifteen or sixteen percent because it had been aging for so long. Wow. So it just I depends. I didn't realize you could age beer. You can, yeah. and actually I read a really interesting article recently that it's it's almost better to age bad beer like like beer that's not very good when really? it's fresh huh. if you age it because it, it rounds out all of those flavors but of course when you start with a great beer like if you took a big bad baptist or a huge arker and you kept it for a couple years i mean it's only going to get way better and i actually have a couple of old rasputins that i have saved at home that i will open someday and do a vertical tasting so that you can taste every single year and how the difference in aging because of the different durations, so I'm gonna have a really nerdy, drunken day. I'm there. Sign me <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, right. 
so this is gonna sound maybe like a dumb question, but mm. my my grandma still has like a Bud Light and mm. the expiration date. <laughs> well, no. I'm not getting into no. the expiration date. My girl days. over there. My girl. <laughs> She's still good to drink. You know. My, that, yeah, what that, I tell grandma? That may not work as well. Um, so when you have beers like Bud Lights, Coors, whatever, those beers are mainly corn or rice. It's like a lot of filler grains. Uh, Remo, you're drinking yeah. the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> tell her, make sure she washes the lid. <laughs> After two, three years of a Bud Light, You know, she, she has like do. a fridge. You know how people have fridges in like the garage and you never go there? She never, anyway. No. Yeah, I'll let her know. I'll, yeah. I'll yeah, wash wash the top you of the. You know what? Why not? I'm always down for beer experiments. So <laughs> you have Granny call me and tell me how it went. I will. I'll okay. let her know. I'll take. <laughs> we'll go to Rusty Monk and I'll let her know. Or, or maybe put on eBay. My some somebody might want to buy the the uh, the old. Uh, oh, interesting uh, barrel. Like age, aluminum age thirty pack age. of Coors Light. <laughs> You're probably not gonna get anyone to, to to buy that. Now going back to to the three year age mm-hmm. beer, how much is a beer like that? Because it sits there for that long. Is it more expensive, obviously, because it sat there, or is it? Yeah, I think it depends. I think. Well, first of all, this beer, if you were, it's the the barrel aged Old Rasputin, which they make once a year, and it's extremely popular. If you went to Liquor Mart, they they sell out pretty quickly. I, you have to be on top of your game and know when they're being released. I mean, luckily I have a restaurant and they send me cases of it because my 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 rep Omar. I have to give a shout out to Omar, who is my number shout one. Shout out Omar. Omar Ramirez, my number one. He's my beer husband. Always sends me Old Rasputin. Takes really good care of me. And with which company? Uh, with with Wine Warehouse. Wine Warehouse oh. is my bread and butter. I love Wine Warehouse. Um, so he always drops off some old Rasputin, and I maybe take one or two home with me and put them <laughs> Kegs in my or, or, or Yeah, <laughs> right? I know, I know. What are they, is, it, is it pony cake? The little, what do they call the little ones? Is it yeah, um, a, a sixthal. Six. A sixthal pony would be more like a half or a quarter barrel? Quarter barrel. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think that'll fit back in my truck. There you go. <laughs> pipe, pipe you guys direct. know a lot about beer. <laughs> so so let, let's talk about this one that we just poured. Ooh, what did we pour? Sorry, I know. sorry. Uh, Wait, uh, finish, finish. I need to finish mine too. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, to me, I'm just going off. It looks like cold coffee or a nitro yeah, brew mm, coffee. Yeah, this, yeah talk this about is the Prairie Bomb. And I, I've i had their bombs in the past. They've usually been bourbon barrel stouts. I don't. It looks like this one is not, but... It's an imperial stout aged on coffee, cocoa nibs, vanilla beans, and chili peppers. So I haven't had wow. it, but I'd imagine you get a little bit of a smoky heat in the finish from the chili peppers. And then, of course, all the wonderful, rich, roasty coffee. Ooh, why don't you try it? Mm. Cool. See. So you can so smell it. The sounds like a meal in a, in a cup, man. That's what I love so much about stouts. Right, like how rich they I are. I used to joke with my fan. dad that you're not a big fan of stouts. What no. do you think? I don't know. I'm a, let me taste. Yeah. He hasn't tasted it yet. So, uh, so do we smell first and then drink? Yes, or? Yeah. always, always. I, I have. So I do smell the. Sorry, my, I do my, smell the coffee. Yeah, yeah, it smells just like coffee. I have a horrible story oh, no. about oh, beer no. that I think this is a great time to share. I'm so, so college, I, college or uh, no, no, no. This <laughs> is actually <laughs> taps and tapas. Oh, wait, uh, this year? Last last year. So whatever. Fifteen. Uh, year 2015 so i've never drank this like beer just different different types of beer so i'm looking at this beer and it looks really dark and mm-hmm. heavy and and so when i went to taps and tapas any beer was in front of me i said oh let me try it let me try it let me try it let me try it. and after two hours of trying every beer in every order i had a light buzz but i i didn't feel <laughs> a light buzz <laughs> but, but i had but I had you had like a little light light buzz was it light uh <laughs> Well, I, I could still see, and a, an hour or two later, 
um, you know, the event ended. We cleaned up because we we're part of putting it together. And then I, I go to my cousin's house. It was during football season. So I get there and I get to their backyard and I sit down. And I'm, they're watching football and I kind of pass off for 20 minutes. I start saying, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. I get up. I get up, right? And I go to the bathroom. And I this is the horrible story. I get to the toilet and I just puke. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and this is the fun part. It wasn't normal puke. <laughs> Right, yeah. it was just like gnarly, like it, for like ten minute puke, like raw, like you see in scary movie type stuff. Anyway, it was the so exorcist <laughs> coming out. <laughs> it was, it was just that. And the reason Getting why I bring this up you. is, is I, what they told me is certain beers sit in your stomach, uh -huh. and they don't like do their thing until later. So when you mix up a lot of those beers, your stomach then reacts, but not right then, but it reacts hours and hours later. And I never <laughs> knew that. And ever since then. Every time I look down at this beer and it looks like coffee, I'm thinking, Take <laughs> it easy. is it coming back out anytime <laughs> soon? Anyways, off topic, but I thought I had you to share what? that, that story. Was fun. I'm really glad we're not sharing all of my story, all of the stories, because I think mine would be worse. Oh, we're just getting into it. Oh, though, are right? we? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my mother will probably listen to this though, so I might have to be on my best behavior. Oh, <laughs> we'll be good. Well, um, we'll cut it off in a little bit. Yeah, and we can get into Mrs. Stories. Kostner Solorzano, like press mute yeah. for the next two minutes. Okay, go. Do you know my mom? You know, um, just like so random, I used to work at a chiropractic office mm -hmm. and uh, it was right in the same. building? Yeah, Woodier yeah. Health Services. Yeah. Oh, Shout out to Dr. Chow, uh, Dr. Her Dr. name Maria. is Marie. Marie. Marie, uh -huh. yeah. She's an attorney, right? Yes. Yeah, I know. Right. I, I remember her from, from with your dad when she would, they would come in and she would come in and get the yeah. juices every so often at Phoenix. Yeah. So Kyle introduced me to her a couple she times. She is adorable. She's the loveliest mama monk. And if mama monk. a mama monk, if. For any reason, for any unfortunate reason, you guys need a divorce, you should go see her because she's also a great lawyer. <laughs> is, she, is she on uh, social media? Is she a phone number? Wait, let's throw yeah, it out there. Yeah. Plug her in right uh, there. Yeah, right? No, uh, 13 19. Yeah, right? I <laughs> <laughs> gave you the address, yeah. Sorry. Look at the podcast notes that we'll put her in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll shout out. out. Mama Monk in the house. <laughs> Does she use that name? Or is that the name I, you just gave her? I use that name. That's okay. my name. So if I see her and I say, hey, Mama Monk, is she going <laughs> to like... Who the hell are you? <laughs> She'll probably be flattered. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. So, sorry, going back to the beer we're drinking here. So, this one to me is, again, I'm not a big fan. Um, but uh, this one even makes me a worse fan. Yeah. The reason why, for me, it's a little taste of like, um, I don't want to say Robitussin, but mm -hmm. it's like some kind of medicine. I do think that the chili peppers don't really add anything to this beer it's a little bit it's a little bit cloying i think in a weird savory way um i typically like the bombs because they're barrel aged and this particular brewery the bombs like they almost taste like a malted milk ball it's like really tasty this is not my favorite but i'm glad we experimented yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. i drink it and i don't know what i'm tasting like it, there's so much stuff going on. It tastes like coffee. I can you taste, taste the, the coffee. I can taste the, the, the like the chili aftertaste if you like kind of keep tasting your tongue, but it, it, it's just way too much. Like I, I couldn't do more than a taster with this. So yeah, well, I should have brought the big bad Baptist. We all would have been pleased. Big part big, two. Big bad Baptist. Part two. We'll get there. Part two. <laughs> all right. Now you're also saving some stuff in the freezer. Yeah, I don't know if it's cold yet. Um, we'll give it a couple more minutes. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Guy. So, uh, going back, going back to your uh, the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I love what what you guys did with the restaurant. I mean, when you walk in, the decor that it has, you mm -hmm. know, the feel that you get, 
It's like kind of walking through um, the, like a, t- uh, what do you call it? A, a time portal. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I guess that's the right word. Because your uniforms are really unique too, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, man, what did I just walk into, right? You know? Um, and then the, 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 the bartenders, obviously. I don't, is that bartender? Mm-hmm. What do you call them? Yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if you guys have a special name. No. But uh, once you get in there, you know, you, you get treated well. Same thing. What are you drinking? And the kind of questions come out. Um, but it's amazing how much beer you guys got in that place. Thank you. Um, how much beer do you guys have at that place? <laughs> 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 uh, we have, give or take, we usually have about 19 beers on tap. And uh, you know what? I've never counted the bottles. We have a good amount of bottles. Because well. even at Phoenix, you guys used to carry oh man like two hundred different bottles. My right? dad used to do so many beers at Phoenix; it was out of control. They, he had about three or four coolers just filled with bottles of beer. So we don't have that many coolers. I mean, I w- yeah. I would love to, <laughs> but we don't. Um, yeah, but the bottles I think get a little neglected sometimes. People really like things that are on tap. I yeah. personally almost prefer things in bottles because they have more time to age and. And mature, and they're usually a little bit more complex in flavor, a little bit drier, better attenuated, higher alcohol. Just saying, guys, <laughs> higher alcohol in bottles. Uh, so yeah. more bang for your buck if yeah. you go with the bottle. Exactly. Thanks. She's pouring me a beer. I'm just That's filling her up. <laughs> Sorry, we're trying to make our way to the ones in the freezer. <laughs> That's Thank God. Give her more because I don't want any more. Colleen, you're like my favorite guest so far. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know what? Beer endears me to a lot of people. <laughs> I, I bet. I bet. It's like like the universal peace sign, right? Like just. Uh, yeah, you know. I think like if you think about it, even beer's been around almost as early as the first civilization. So it's it's a universal necessity. It's the the juice that brings us all together. There you go. It's the every man's drink. <laughs> or woman. J- just not mm. this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just not the chili peppers. <laughs> just not this. Uh, Called the bomb, the, the bomb, the bomb, prairie bomb. Sorry, prairie. Yeah. The bomb. But so it wasn't actually the bomb. <laughs> it was yeah. not the bomb. It, it was, was not the bomb. bomb. <laughs> it was like the sorry, sorry, Jessica. Like the the dud bomb. <laughs> it was an abomination. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you you guys have a a Marty. Groth event? We did, yes, we, for Mardi okay. Gras uh, a while back. Uh, we usually bring in a beer because it's, you know, Louisiana beer. and Really I, good beer. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I like the Turbo Dog a lot. We've had the Strawberry Lager, which people usually go crazy about. What's a purple? Um, purple Haze. Purple uh-huh. haze. We had Purple Haze as well. That was specially requested by one of my regulars. Man, and I would have known. Well, uh, you know, you could probably still stop by. Uh, you still have some? Yes. There you go. Yeah, at the moment, but probably not for this right. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> not when this podcast is. For hears. limited time only. <laughs> no, so how did that go? I mean, how was that event? The Mardi Gras? I mean, pretty good. Pretty good. I, I hear from a lot of people on the street that Mardi Gras is usually dead. Um, we got some people coming for the beignets, but honestly, I'm not going to lie. Mardi Gras snuck up on me. I usually advertise about a month in advance, and um, my bartender told me, you know Mardi Gras next week? I was like, oh, shoot. So Because I follow you guys on Instagram, and yeah. I, I didn't... I don't think I saw anything come through, or maybe yeah. I missed it. But um, I know you're putting me on blast. I've gotten a little bit uh, lax on the Instagram. I got to get back <laughs> into it. But um, now I have a really good reason to get back on the Instagram because we have a new chef, and he's gonna do some really fun stuff. So awesome. I'm excited about it. Shout out to the new chef. Yes, Chef Jeff. Chef Jeff is amazing. We've uh, 
it's no secret that the restaurant has gone through quite a few chefs in the past. They're really hard to hold on to. Uh, most people on the street, they're business owners and chefs, and they kind of control their own destiny. But we have. I'm. I'm not. I, I'm a deep appreciator of food. I'm not a chef myself, so I kind of need a little help. And uh, it's really hard to find the right person who can be passionate about food, be creative, run specials, do all the administrative stuff, and be a good leader and not get burned out because restaurants, anyone on the street will tell you restaurants are a very consuming business. So yeah. we're lucky to have Chef Jeff. I'm very excited about all the stuff he's bringing in. I'm excited for you. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get in there now. All right, excellent. What's your special you guys got going on right now? Let's see. Well, Chef Jeff is kind of transitioning now to some new menu items. He's bringing in a lot more appetizers. Our appetizer menu has been a little scarce lately, but I mentioned the croquettes. He's doing the croquettes. He's bringing back the poutine, which, mm. yeah, I know. I love anything with fries right now. Yeah. Sorry, juice. by the way, Christine knows everybody's menus on Greenleaf. <laughs> I have so no I idea. I, half the stuff you just said, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I was so. actually thinking about the duck plate, the duck special. The duck, duck. So uh-huh. with the Brussels sprouts. Okay, I don't oh know if God, the duck is going to make the cut. I have to be honest. Then I have to uh-uh. go before you change the yes, menu. Because exactly. ser- you guys should really get the duck. It's like so good. And so, really? you know, it's I'm good. I'm not like a duck person. Same I, here. I'm, but I'm, it's I'm like so too crispy. Gamey. Oh my God. It's just like the crust, uh, the crust, the, the skin is just like super crispy. But then it's just like so... It's tender. I don't know. I like to, I like the that. meat. I mean, duck is just so fatty. Yeah. I love yeah. any way that fatty. fatty. Exactly. Yeah, way too gamey and fatty. You know, For me, it's been too dry, actually. Maybe I had, really? Maybe I had uh, no duck is like yeah. duck is really like like fatty, mm-hmm. really, really fatty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, I'm I need it, right? but um like the mussels and frites like the the because it's like you get uh mussels cooked in white wine sauce and then Mm -hmm. you just like dip the fries in it we actually have been doing the mussels in beer oh really Uh yeah we abandoned the wine we decided we're just all out beer yeah when did that i don't know maybe i haven't had it in a few months so maybe we've yeah like a year we've done the beer for a couple months uh and Chef Jeff really wants to bring in more beer stuff, so he's even mm. working on beer chicken wings right now. Mm. So that'll be beer on the menu. Beer chicken uh-huh. wings, yeah. You guys oh, even have a good I'm grilled totally cheese. Mm-hmm. The grilled cheese is really good too. The goat. <laughs> and you guys have been open for how many years? About three yeah. and a half. Exactly. So uh-huh. three and a half. Yeah. My dad uh, thinks the water is interesting, but I like the water, the cucumber. I actually have someone who can't, who comes in specifically for the water of all things. Is that yeah. Nelson? Yeah. Is it Nelson? No, it's he's not. He's always it's not. drinking and water John, everywhere we go. John Peel, who again is one of my favorite people, I think that's no secret. I love John Peel. He he started coming in. And he was like, "Your water is amazing. Your water." He was asking me, "How do you make your water?" And it's it's not it's not anything elaborate, but <laughs> he started. Well, just we're talking about the secret. drinking water. Yeah, yeah, just the, just water. the regular yeah. drinking water. Yeah. Okay. It it's not a, a beer different. or anything. No, it's, it's just water. cucumber water. Because yeah. you know, we uh, want to. You guys should feel like you're having a nice day at the spa and yeah. rejuvenate yourselves. It's not woody or water that you. Yeah, <laughs> <it's just right. laughs> that's the secret. Yeah. <laughs> that's the secret. Secret ingredient. Okay. They barrel it. They have a fresh tap that connects from yeah. the <laughs> from the hills. From the hills directly to. From uh, my hose bib in front of my house. <laughs> that's, right. that's the reason why your water bill is so high. Yeah, I, well, no, actually, it's really low. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, congratulations that you guys been open that long. I mean, it Thank doesn't you. feel like it's been been. Uh, for such yeah. short years, I mean, I would expect to have been longer, but uh, thank you. I think that it really speaks to how wonderful this community is yeah. because I'm not gonna lie, it was 
it was really hard when my dad was sick and when my dad passed away. Um, I had been running the Rusty Monk about eight months prior to when my dad passed away. But when he passed away, uh, it got rough. I was working maybe 12, 14-hour days just to keep it afloat, not even being, like, really good again, you know? And I think we have such wonderful people who come in and visit us and support us, and we really owe everything to this community who has stood by us and and supported us. Um, Yeah, you guys are amazing. All you you Whittier people, thank you. Yeah, and and I would like to say something. You said your father passed. I mean, I, I remember meeting your father, I would say, close to maybe eight years ago when Phoenix Mm -hmm. had just opened and I walked right in and I I can everything from Larry, David, Marty, Jazzy, yourself and probably a couple more people. So Uh I remember uh, going there so often and just your dad's story being always really um, amazing and inspiring. And I remember getting a tour, maybe like three, four tours of Rusty Monk Mm because it was being developed because it used to be a Middle Eastern place. Right, um, Uptown Kebab. Uptown Kebab, yeah. And probably we had people calling us for about two and a half, three years trying to order kebabs. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys sell kebabs? Yeah. No, exactly. And it was funny because people would get really mad. They'd call in and they'd say, hey, I'd like a beef kebab. Oh, I'm so sorry. This is not Uptown Kebab anymore. Oh. Okay, like so should I just throw away my Uptown Kebab menu? <laughs> like, well, yeah, probably. <laughs> they closed uh, two <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Save it and put it on eBay. Or something. Yeah. yeah, Uptown Kebab was good because I used to eat there quite often. So it was, it was actually um, really good. But, but just uh, the story, and, and um, it's awesome to, to have you here today and, and, and three years and many more years to come. But it's, it's been a, a really um, – I remember – the grand opening, because you know your dad, you became friends, and, and I. So I remember going the first day, and and just his relationship, um, walking in, and it, it felt like being invited into yeah. to the home. So we thank you for for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, like I, there, I feel like sometimes I can't really take credit. Uh-huh. You know, the, this community has really lifted us up, and we, I mean, my dad is what made this place what it is, and. He think I think he had yeah actually sorry we're we're opening another beer let's like swirl this one out and throw that out so and pour some more <laughs> dirty are, um, are, are you okay are you okay talking about your dad yeah oh, totally I I love talking about my dad and that's that's what I love most about the Rusty Monk is all these people who come in and tell me stories people even that I've I've never met never known said hey your dad really made an impact on me um, I love that um, what what were we talking about oh my that my dad my dad had such an open spirit and I think really saw into the heart of people and understood what they needed to feel inspired or motivated. And he was a really giving person. And he told me all the time, you know, that that we should be giving to people and, and not expect anything back. You know, I think a lot of people give and then they get disappointed if they don't get a mutual reaction from people. But he really just wanted to make people feel special. And that was it. And I think it's really rare to find someone like that in the world. And it's an honor to have known him and an honor to be kind of in his his circle of people. So he was a great person. There's There will never be another quite like and Kyle. It, and, and he was really focused. You oh, know, Even yeah. with all the stuff that he had, that you're personally going on, mm-hmm. you come in and he's just like, try this out. Try this yeah. out. This is really good. This is really good. This is what we're yeah. doing next week. We have m- people, poets coming, and it, he was just so focused mm-hmm. on, like, all the things that are going on. That was really unique as well. It's funny that you say that because, yes, and I, I would always tell people, da- like, they would say, like, oh, I just saw your dad. He was walking down the street. He was super focused. I'm like, yeah, my dad's a juggernaut. Like, 
There's no stopping him. <laughs> he, he's he's got tunnel vision when he has a plan, when he has a goal. But at the same time, my dad was very scattered, and like all of us, <laughs> all of his family know that. I, I I like to tell a story to people that one time he woke us up all really early on a Sunday. He was like, "Get up, get up, wake up." We're going downstairs. We're going to sit in the living room. We're going to drink coffee together. We're going to chat. It's going to be so great. And we're all groggy, like, Ugh, all right. <laughs> we wake up and, like, we start washing up. We start moving downstairs. About 20 minutes later, we're all there with our coffee. We're ready to hang out with my dad. And then, like, he just, his head just snaps up and he starts looking from side to side. And he, all of a sudden, he just walks out the front door and we're sitting there, like, what, what just happened? And we he already had his coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we walk outside, and we we walk to the window. We look at him, and he's outside watering the plants. Like <laughs> he just like he had like he just like as soon as he got an idea into his mind, he would be on to the next thing. Like yes, we have the coffee now. I'm gonna go water the plants. I got stuff to take care of. <laughs> so like he was just he was kind of all over the place. But um, that's what we loved about him. You know, he <laughs> he accomplished a lot. So yeah, no, and he did. Um, so I I um. When I first started my business here, or opened up the office here, this was about two, and almost two and a half years ago. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him. Um, I met him twice. Um, and the second time, I, I actually met him at the Rusty Monk. And, uh, of course, I've heard a lot of things about him, really good mm -hmm. things about him, how he's, he's done a lot for the community um, and how he's helped a lot of people. Um, and so, obviously, I, I, I come in, you know, personally meet him and I introduced myself you know I'm architect you know down the street and and he actually he actually gave me some some really good advice and kind of said you know keep mm -hmm. going at it and and uh, you'll do well you know um, but I, I could see now looking back that um, I'm fortunate that or I guess the only thing I do regret is not being able to really uh, uh, sit down and have conversations with mm -hmm. him about what he really envisioned for the uptown area mm -hmm. or just the area the, the community itself you know because i know i know he had a lot of good things uh in his mind mm -hmm. um that obviously he 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 did accomplish but i think he still had things he still wanted to do mm -hmm. um, he wanted to put together like an Oktoberfest, yeah right because i know he was being yeah. part of the uptown association yeah. he was talking with rick and about putting together yeah. an actual Oktoberfest. so i think that was one of his Nice. Yeah, he had a lot of ideas for that. I remember he said, like, I want to make it really authentic. I want to have, like, pig races. I was like, what? Pig <laughs> races? But, um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and that's that's still something. It's been a long year trying to wrestle the restaurant back under control again. That's something that I would still love to pick up eventually. But we had a lot of plans. You know, my dad really wanted to start a brewery in Whittier, too. Um which I think, you know, Ricardo's working on, hopefully mm -hmm. will be done soon. But um, he always really believed that Whittier could be a destination city. Yeah. And I, I love that. Marilyn from Port Labane, um, God bless her, is always trying to do things to bring the community together. And she'll come in and talk to me. And I wish I could give her better ideas because I know she would come in and talk to my dad. And, and the two of them would just start, you know, spiraling off together on what they could do. Was beer involved? Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So... Yeah. Um, is there anything that he left uh, with you in terms of trying to uh, kind of pursue or keep pushing or? Um, yeah, I well, mean, well, I, my dad was with all with all due respect to my mom and everyone else in my family was the most important person in my life. I actually got his signature tattooed on my wrist because I think he was so influential in everything that I do. But 
my dad wanted more than anything for me to be happy and he would always tell me you know if it's not for you anymore sell the rusty monk i want you to go do other things you know move to europe learn how to brew beer in germany you know do whatever you want but um i think his enduring legacy right now is the kindness that he inspired in other people and the love of Whittier that he inspired other people. Yeah. And I, you know, I have people come in all the time who just inspire me, like a Paul Perengian, um, who has a real estate business here in Whittier. Paul's my boy. Yeah. Oh, I love Paul. <laughs> Paul's great, right? And his wife. Um, you know, like I, I m- one time Paul, Paul is actually trying to start up a blog about Whittier, which I think is really yeah. cool. Um, but you know, he says your dad was really influential in in inspiring me to to start this blog and to talk about Whittier and all the special people that are in Whittier. And that's what I love best about my dad is that he left all these people behind who had a fire for for connecting with each other. That's right. Yeah, you know? And I, I remember, like, one night, Paul came over and um, he, he interviewed me for his blog, which I think is going to be released soon. And uh, we s- we this is my, my favorite thing, I think, is when I close the doors of the Rusty Monk and dim all the lights and I'm just sitting there with people who knew my dad and we share a couple beers and we share stories about him. And I think, you know, like that's, that is his most enduring legacy is all the wonderful f- people and friends that he left behind. Yeah, yeah. Again, I didn't get the, the, the time to really sit down and talk to him, kind of pick his brain, but, but he did leave a lot of, a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideas on, on a lot of different people who are still here running Whittier. And that's all I hear, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like, well, this is what he had envisioned. This is what he had, you know, come up with, or that's what he thought we should kind of go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's it's one of those things where, where I think uh, you really got to give it to somebody who who is really invested, right, mm-hmm. and and passionate mm-hmm. about about doing something great here, you know, because um, because there is there is that there is that tight community, mm-hmm. but you also have to have some sort of vision to be able to guide that community right. towards something. Um, and um, again, I mean, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing. Oh, that. of course, awesome. he was he was a superhero. Honestly, I really believe that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's. Uh, so we have uh, another beer. Sorry to interrupt. Just no, it's we're cool. Because uh, we'll, we'll keep going through these beers. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to taste the beers. <laughs> cool. So what and then we we'll, go, we'll come back to it. <laughs> what do we have? Uh, this is the Beechwood Blendery Propagation Series. And again, have to give a shout out to the commoner because I had this at their bottle. I, I didn't have this particular one. I had a different one at their bottle share the other day, which, by the way, if you guys didn't go to, shame on you. It was amazing, and it was really smartly done and a really good success, and you got to go to the next one um, because those guys are so great at building a little beer community. But this is the propagation series by Beachwood Blendery, and you know what? I actually haven't done a lot of research into them, but I think what they're doing is experimenting with similar recipes, and they just kind of um, change the hops or they change the fermentation style uh, to kind of see how they all interrelate. This one is aged in oak barrels with Britannomyces and Simcoe hops. What does that mean? Well, English, please. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm like, <laughs> it's not even that hoppy, though. Sorry, right. I don't. It's you really, know. yeah. It's really good. I mean, yeah. for me, it, this is. Yeah. A, it this it is tastes really like good. champagne and beer mixed together. Yes, yes, champagne exactly. I love champagne me some and bubbly, beer. and that's like the kind of bottle it is, anyway. Mm-hmm. I could get the bubbly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, it, yeah. it's totally beer and champagne and like 
you get six ounces of champagne and beer and it's like a York. mimosa, but a beer mosa. Yeah, beer mosa. Beer mosa. Is that, <laughs> is that how that would <laughs> so Hashtag beer mosa. This is a saison, which is um oh. I told you just sorry Remo Baron. The bear. The bear. The bear. Saisons are probably the hardest style to nail down because they're very regional and they vary from place to place. Um, and quite honestly, I find it hard to find a saison in the U.S. that's impressive. But this is a really good one. Saisons do kind of tend to have that kind of dry, bubbly finish, the way you guys are descri- describing. Excuse me. Uh, but this one's also aged in oak barrels with Britannomyces, which is a wild yeast strain. And typically, it gives you kind of a funk in the finish. Do you guys taste that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. totally. It's a, it's a, it's a bacteria that really, um, you'll add it to a lot of sours because it has the ability to break down longer chains of sugar and make that beer better attenuated, which is, again, what you're tasting, that dryness and the, uh, the high alcohol in this beer. Um, although, actually, it's, it's not that high. What do you mean by, like, at the finish, like a funk at the finish? The, the very end of the beer. So a lot of times, like wine, when you taste beer, you'll taste things in the beginning. And a lot of times, for me, I taste the malts up front, then I get the spices and the hops, and then in the finish, um, like it's, the more of a, it's more of a texture thing, honestly, more than anything. That's kind of dryness that you get. That Is that when you, like... Slap your mouth together and try to get that yeah. last mm-hmm. taste. That's, so the that's aftertaste. The uh-huh. Okay. Or Got beers it. can be really malty, which you know, like when we were talking about the left hand milk stout, really like a big chocolate milkshake. Look, at, look at Remo. Remo's like, like, He's he, like went num, 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 num. he went from coarse <laughs> light <laughs> to <laughs> like, <laughs> like having. I'm telling you right now, my bladder is about to explode <laughs> from all this beer. <laughs> he went so from coarse light to like his pinky up. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> with my smacking lips. What is this? Dexy cup or yeah, the, the styrofoam cup. coffee cup that Jesse <laughs> has in his office. My uh, my sister jokes because um, her boyfriend used to be a Coors Light guy, and then he started hanging out with me, and now all of a sudden he's a beer snob. The, really? The, yeah, they Guinness only. No. Yeah, well, they, uh, he's a, he's a big IPA guy, and so I try to keep good IPAs just for him because I gotta stay on his good side. He's gonna be my brother-in-law someday. But um, yeah, they went to Newport Beach recently, and they walked into five bars, and they walked out, and they said the beer selection here sucks. Too bad Colleen's not here to tell us what to drink. So um, although I don't condone snobbiness of any kind, I um, I'm happy to convert anybody to. To craft beer for sure. Do you offer any events like that where uh, where you kind of you know have uh, a group come in and mm-hmm. learn? Kind of like what you're doing now, is, like that learn. That is something that I want to work on and um, that I've been planning for a long time. I would I would I think hopefully in the next few weeks um, we could do that. I've been wanting to do that with my bartender Zach, who's very charismatic and wants to have a bigger part. In, in the bar. Is that the one that was batting, you were batting your eyes to? Oh, no, that was okay. a different one. Okay. That was just, a different just one. Making sure. Although many a young lady have come in to bat their eyes at Zach. He's okay. very popular. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's very, very, he's a very charming young man. Um, Is he your alcohol rep? Your no, beer? he's not. He, he just works for us. Okay. Um, he just works for us. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, I, I would really love to have beer workshops where people come in and we could teach them how to engage critically with beer and um, how to how to kind of distinguish different styles from each other. So I did a kind of a practice run with my staff, and I sat them down and I tasted them on different malts and say these are the malts without the beer. So you can see kind of what the 
what the bottom level is that people are working with in terms of now you can taste the breadiness of this one, you can taste the roastiness of that one, and I tasted them on different types of water so that they can understand the textures that go into the beer based on the water that's being brewed. And although you can't really brew hops, I did have some hops so they can smell them and say, like, this is an American hop, it's citrusy, this is a German hop, it's floral. So that's something that I'm working on. Um, hopefully we'll get out in the next week or two. Although I just, I'm not sure what the interest let, is let here. Us know. You know, How big you of go. a group would you need for something like that? Because I remember yeah. talking to your dad years ago and, and to do something. He's like, get seven, eight buddies. Mm-hmm. We're going to sit there and we're going to drink 10 beers and big beers and you guys let us know. I mean, that would be fine with me. I, I, I would just say the limit would probably be how many people can actually sit at our bar, which is probably around 15. I haven't counted. Uh, but would, So would, let's say 10. Yeah, I'd, what ten that'd be, that would be fine with me. And, and I want to try to keep it affordable for everybody and, and give them some noshes to kind of, you know, yeah. to eat while they're drinking the beer. But, yeah, anything to get people more critically engaged with beer and, and nerd out about beer the way I yeah. love to nerd out. Uh, would be really fun. All right, listeners, you heard it here on What's Up Whittier. Go to the Rusty Monk, tell Colleen you want to be in on this game. and then uh, So when <laughs> would when would something like that be? Because if you're saying you have 15 at a bar, uh-huh. um, I'm thinking on a Friday night it's going to be pretty difficult well, if you have right. a group. We'd of probably uh, do more like a Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or Sunday. Sunday? Or that could be fine, too. You guys are open on Sundays? We're open on Sundays. I uh, I try to take Sundays off if I can. Because I'm there usually all day for the rest of the week, but mm. but when I have a good enough reason to come in on Sunday, right. you got a group yeah. of eight or it's ten. Like not really that yeah, exactly. That, that think beer is nasty, <laughs> <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna change them. No, really. Yeah, I like Colleen. I really didn't like beer mostly <laughs> because whenever I would go out, you know, people would recommend IPAs to me, and I never like. I don't like IPAs. I mean, that's clear. And that I think that was made even more clear to me at Taps and Tapas when I was like trying all these beers my friend recommended and I was like no thank you but um like the hibiscus goze mm-hmm. from I think Arrow Lodge Arrow Brewery uh-huh. in West Covina like um, that was amazing that's mm-hmm. when I learned like wow I really like tart and flavory like gozes and then I had different saisons at the event so um like everybody should go to Taps and Tapas I think that really um helps yeah. helps you determine like what kind of beers that you like mm-hmm. but um it's really like an art I guess kind of learning what your palate enjoys like mm-hmm. Jesse likes IPAs Remo uh, you know, is more of a Coors Light, Coors Light kind of guy. Um, I'm, I'm more of a liquor. <laughs> Let's just get that extra. Yeah, <laughs> more of a liquor guy. <laughs> See him at Four Bricks, but um, yeah, no, uh, I just think it's really yeah. So it's just really interesting that people's palates changes, but then also mm-hmm. with your expertise, mm-hmm. uh, like for the cheese pairing, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't like blue cheese, but you really convinced me to eat it with the beer because what? yeah, blue cheese is the best. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to go I there. I don't want to go there, but um. Yeah, no, I don't get the Cobb salad. But um, I definitely didn't like it, but you, like, the different jams and stuff, like, that was also really good. You know, I think something like that would be even great because I love doing cheese plates whenever I go to parties. Like, you know, New Year's party, Oscar party, like, I'm there with the cheese plate and nuts and stuff like that. Um, But, like, learning about what different beers, like, pairs with that is pretty cool. It makes you seem like a little cultured or something. Oh, my God, no pun intended, but actually, that was a good pun, cultured. (laughs) That's the best pun I've heard all day, and I've heard a couple actually. <laughs> yeah, I come with the puns. Right, uh, but it but it makes sense because like for example, on um, for mine that I'm not a wine guy. Mm-hmm. I like hard liquor. There's, it's it's hard to be able to sit there and same thing, you know, try to figure out what which one I like. But for beer, I mean, I think I 
think it's pretty universal, right? Yeah. Um, well, that's what I love about beer. You know, I, th- like I said, there's a beer for everyone. Yeah. And it brings people together. Nice. All right. Well, let us know as soon as you get the 10. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Obviously, we're three here. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, tomorrow for St. Patrick's Day, what's the, so what are we going to get when we go there? Corn are you having green beer? Cream? No. Okay, you had so. green beer last year, though, <laughs> right? Oh, I, was to- no. I, was, I was at the Rusty I've Monk last year. I've been talking to my beer reps about this, that young Zachary Rager, whom I love, who I just said was very charming, brought food dye last year. My dad was, like, so against green beer. Whoa. He was super against green beer and would be rolling in his grave if he knew that the Rusty Monk served green beer. And I'm sorry because I know that people like it, and it's, like, it- it's fun for them or whatever. But my dad really wanted things to be authentic and German, and, um, like, w- there's, yeah, there there's no need for, for green beer. We, we've always done <laughs> black and tans, which are kind yeah. of, like, an authentic mm. kind of Irish-English kind of thing. So um, in Ireland, they don't have green beer on St. Patrick's Day? They, I don't know. I mean, some people might. Yeah. But I feel like in Ireland, like, it's it's very, I think green beer is very gimmicky. Whereas in of Ireland, course. like, they... They don't care about the gimmick. They care about the beer. They just want to drink, you know? And I've, I've been to Ireland, and, like, everyone on the street has ruddy cheeks, and you're not sure if it's because they're Irish and they've heard <laughs> or they're, or or they're, they're drunk. Drinking. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Well. So, yeah. yeah, if there was more of that here in Whittier, I think we'd all we'd all have a jolly time for sure. Well, this is a Quaker town, and it used to be dry on Sundays. I know. That's why I was asking if you were on Sundays. Yes, we are. There uh-huh. you go. Sorry. Quaker Quakers. no more. <laughs> So um, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to go through this beer, which is amazing. Great. Well, again, um, I bought this beer, but you can thank Kevin from the Commoner who introduced me to this series. They're shout out to the yeah, guys. The shout out to the yeah. Commoner. Well, I had a question about yeah. the Commoner. Uh-huh. It used to be Phoenix Five Four. Right. What are your thoughts about it changing from yeah. Canoe to um, the Canoe Cafe? Right. Canoe Cafe of course, of course, I miss Phoenix. I think uh-huh. a lot of people come in and tell me they miss Phoenix, and uh, I loved Canoe. Phoenix was not so much my jam because I'm 80 years old in my heart and it like I would always go into Phoenix like ah oh, you kids and your music you know uh-huh. well, sorry explain I, I wasn't here for yeah. Phoenix but what was Phoenix okay and then also the art yes that was there that was pretty yeah. well, it wasn't I don't say art but it was a lot of just like yeah I'm sure it was art stuff yes. whoever made it clutter <laughs> stuff. So, and I loved it okay. so um, interesting that's that's part of the appeal okay here's yeah. what was so great about Phoenix is that it was just my dad's hippie brainchild you know everything that came into his head and like i god if you guys could only see all the promotions that he intended for phoenix that didn't even get run because he was always filled with so many ideas like i remember once this never made it to phoenix um he wanted to do a promotion that was mermaids versus sea monsters (laughs) and he's oh no it it was barbie dolls barbie dolls versus sea monsters and he started buying all these barbie dolls and like sea monsters and whatever it never happened or he wanted to do another one called the Shroomy Roomy, with just a bunch of like '60s style, like acid-inspired mushrooms. Um, but my, like, it was just kind of like a clash of all sorts of like fun, funky, artistic stuff. And it was such a great hub for local artists. I would always meet starving artists there, musicians, poets, comedians. Um, really, just a fun, fun place that I think a lot of people miss. Yeah. And and I think one of the cool things is. Your dad was the pioneer in the area because right. no one did that. No one had poet reading. No one had Music. Mike Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, local Shows. artists hung up their their right. stuff. And now it's it's definitely what five eight years later. Now right. you, we see it in Uptown. Mm-hmm. But before that, no one was doing anything like that. Right. I mean, the only real 
place that had anything at night is is uh, what Sage and the sixty seven forty. Other than that, there was no one else. Right. After ten o'clock, it was it was dead. Was so. Ibiza open around that time, or was that like before? Before, before okay. that that was when you were like in junior high. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. My older sister would be like, "I'm going to Ibiza tonight." I'm like, "What is that?" I used to but promote like at Ibiza's <laughs> for like two weeks. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but sorry, going back to actually, we're like, in the building where Ibiza used to be. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned all the decorations. Like, he would just have crazy stuff in there. There was a chicken coop on the wall and mm-hmm. a diorama of Godzilla and big cutouts. Uh, of Obama. I yeah, remember Obama Obama's head. and Iggy Pop <laughs> and Marilyn Monroe. Um, you know what I liked about that chicken coop was that it had the KFC. It had Colonel Sanders. And it oh, said yeah. the and real chicken coop. Exactly. And it's like, whoa, think about what they do to chickens but anyway yeah. that's a different episode um <laughs> but obama's head like like a, a, a mask of obama, I say obama's, head. obama's mask was in there right he had all the the uh different uh fast food restaurants mm-hmm. so wendy's jack in a box or it was all in the restaurant just floating in different places yeah. so i mean it was pretty when you when i used to bring in a guest they're like where, where, the hell, right. where the hell am i at right now I said, don't worry, the food's really good. Though. Exactly, you have the hummus, you get a sandwich, mm-hmm. a smoothie after a hike on, you know, on Beverly. It's like yeah. it was, yeah. It's I definitely miss it. Well, I definitely so, miss so what it. was the story behind it? I mean, what, what was Lime Phoenix? Yeah, like what's what was it? Cause again, I didn't, I wasn't here for that. Yeah. So what was loser? And he's all out of the loop. Yeah. Sorry. Well, well, I'm like, you man, know, I feel like I was left uh, out. Sorry. My dad was diagnosed with cancer in 2003, and the doctors gave him six months to I think maybe at best two years to live. And so my dad got really into the clean eating and juicing and all of that and really wanted to Mm -hmm. spread that to the community and and help people get inspired to take better care of their bodies. Um, And that's kind of where Phoenix started. And my dad was just, he was just young. He was just a young, much younger than I. I I go home and listen to Cab Calloway and watch Buster Keaton movies and stuff like that. So I'm I'm old. Just an old I, soul. Yeah, my my dad like we would go to the same parties and I would show up and be like, oh, is Carol coming? I'm like, uh, yeah, he's probably coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> my dad, he's yeah. coming. Uh, we went to a party once on Comstock and uh, it was funny because. We, everyone was standing around like being like cool hipsters, like too cool to dance and socialize. And my dad got there and started saying, everybody better effing dance right now. And they all looked at him like, what? And he's like, everybody, get on the dance floor. You better effing dance right now. And turned up the music and everyone kind of looked at each other like, uh, oh, all right. And, you know, and everyone started dancing. And it was, you know, like I feel like my dad really brought the party. But um yeah, he just was really young at heart and and supported musicians a lot. When mm-hmm. when he passed away, I was so touched by all the things that people wrote on his Facebook yeah. about how you were the first person that supported us. He paid for people's albums to get produced. He paid for people's promotional materials. Uh, never asked for any of that money back. He 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 gave people venues to um, to play their music in. Found podcast for them to to go talk about their music on he was a really big supporter of the arts and i remember he would you know a lot of those paintings that we're talking about on the wall like you know whether we consider them art or not he would he was really supported whatever that person's vision was and said i really believe in your vision i believe that this is really beautiful art and i'm gonna hang it in my place and he would buy them from people and uh yeah good good just you know was he an artist I think like, he just I mean, had I mean, an artist's like, soul. You know, he was a very creative person. Uh, and he, 
he used to say that he could redo his life. He would be an interior designer. And I think if you go into the Rusty Monk, that's very clear that he had a great eye for design. And I miss that so much. We would, I miss like driving on the street with him, and he would point out different houses on the street and be like, check out that house. Oh, that's unbelievable. Things that I would never even give a second look to. That's an incredible building right there. Let me tell you about the history behind the dormer windows or whatever. Um, so You're like, what? I know. Exactly. <laughs> They'd be like, uh, okay, cool. But like, yeah, he had a, he had an eye for things that were special, things that, um, things that were old and could be re reinvented into something new. And um, to, But to go back to the commoner, because we got off track, and mm -hmm. um, just to give a <laughs> shout out to the commoner, um, my dad changed it to Canoe Cafe because some of that frenetic kind of crazy artwork in Phoenix yeah. was a little alienating to people. Yeah, totally. um, and I so I, could see I know that. I, I loved it too, but yeah. he wanted to be a little more accessible for all people of all backgrounds, all ages, and yeah. made it kind of a turn of the century log cabin. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that it looked like Knott's Berry Farm. Yeah, 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 yeah a little yeah, bit, right? That's what you could imagine. I remember, yeah, I remember there was a sign that said, um, "Sorry that we're closed." Uptown Whittier's had it's. It was something along the lines of we're transforming in in the way with we're growing with uptown Whittier mm -hmm. basically kind of transforming because uptown was transforming right mm -hmm. so like when you were saying alienating because more people are coming to the town right right and aren't as yeah they'll look at the chicken coop and they'll be like wait what is this place where did I just walk into mm -hmm. you know so um yeah no totally yeah but just sorry to sum it all up because like we abandoned the guys of the commoner when we were talking Shout about out to the <laughs> commoner. Sorry, sorry. Um, a lot of that stuff is still there that my dad started, um, but they kind of stripped it, stripped out a little bit of it um, to make it their own, so they could have more of a stage and bring singers in and stuff. And they do. I have to tell you guys, they do an amazing job with what they do. I used to work at Phoenix. I know what that kitchen looks like. And it is not easy to produce food in that kitchen. And no, they have a cold kitchen, right? Which means that they don't have fryers, ovens, stoves, anything right. like that. Yeah. And they make really, really amazing food. And their beer menu lights a fire under my butt because I go in there sometimes. I'm like, oh damn, this is really good. Like I gotta, I gotta what did be you guys on my get A this game. Get this beer yeah, from. yeah, right. And I just Who's have your distributor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Omar, right? That <laughs> damn it, Omar. You know what? They don't care a lot of Omar. I think Greg's there a lot. Greg's kind of mm -hmm. their bro. Um, but they, they, they're really cool guys. They make you feel like you're one of the bros and, um, on more than one occasion have hosted me and opened up beers out of their private collection for me and, um, you know, just really have a passion for what they do. And I really admire what they're doing at the common air. And I think, I think my dad would be a fan of it too. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, so going back to the health kind of, mm -hmm. or, or eating more healthier, I guess more organic. Did uh did your dad take that uh, into the Rusty Monk? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Because <laughs> Phoenix was all was, was juicing. It was, yeah. it was really big yeah, on juicing. Because right. because I was ready to say, man, I'm gonna start eating them more often. Because <laughs> yeah. I have an excuse now. No, <laughs> I mean, those fries are really organic, yeah. huh? <laughs> the Rusty Monk is a little more in uh, gastropub. Yeah, it's a little more indulgent. Like it's you know we use a lot of butter and we mm. we fry things. You know, so it's it's more my kind of place. Like I I told one of my friends recently. She's like, let's go to Cancun. I was like. Uh, okay, but I would really much rather work on my beer body than my beach body. So <laughs> like that's just I'm where using I'm that at. One. Yeah, I'm <laughs> using that one. <laughs> that's a good one. So just so you need to stop working on your beer body. Just, <laughs> 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 just you can never stop. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's a little more rich. Um, 
European influenced, you know, we have the schnitzel, the shepherd's pie, things that are not not necessarily lean, you know, but um, kind of a different experience from from things that we normally get in this area. Yeah. But in terms of like, I mean, is there anything, uh, I guess, healthy or... or the water. I mean, we, we again. I, I try to house keep salad. Yeah, house salad. I mean, we well, I, maybe I'm not saying it right. Like, like, is there? Um, no, like I feel you. I mean, organic. We have we, food. Yeah. Well, do you guys use any organic food there, or is there anything that he said? You know, we definitely got to start using because he believes well, in. I think the Rusty Monk was a very different vision from Phoenix and okay. yeah, Canoe Cafe. A little more rich. Um. Yeah, um. Yeah, I mean we have fish. The fish is good. We we have a vegetarian shepherd's pie, which is really amazing. We have salads. We we have certain things on the appetizer menu that are a little healthier. But in general, like the Rusty Monk is more like a place to come Let and loose. indulge. Exactly. The Brussels sprouts are good. Oh yeah, they're the so sprouts. good. If um if I'm gonna go have dinner there, mm-hmm. what would you say the first meal should be? Well, you absolutely have to start with the pretzel. Especially if you good. haven't mm-hmm. had it. Yeah. yeah, okay. Pretzel is our best seller. We make that from scratch. We braid them by hands. They're really popular. Just kind of soft and fluffy and wonderful and always a good match with any beer. Um, but I would say, you know, some of our more popular items, the Rusty Monk Burger, the Lamb Burger, because where can you get a Lamb Burger? The Lamb Burger is amazing. Uh, the Schnitzel, of course, very German. Can't get Schnitzel a lot of places, which is, if you're not familiar with Schnitzel, is a pounded pork chop, and then it's battered and fried, almost like a fancier, more like comfort food chicken fried steak, um, or like a pork katsu. And the shepherd's pie, shepherd's pie is really popular as well. But we'll have to see what Chef Jeff brings to the table because he has a lot of really interesting ideas that I can't wait to see come to fruition, and we may have some new favorites on the menu. So oh, it's seven forty-five, no. and I think we found our dinner spot. That's right. Except we're Today. Well, well, it's uh, it's Thursday today. Yes. So let's go yeah, on down. <laughs> Wednesday. Well, what is your schedule? Thursday. Thursday. The Whatever it is. Monk? The beer is yeah. kicking in. The Rusty Monk is open Tuesday through Sunday. We open at 5 every day except for Sunday. Sunday we open at 4. And we close depending on the day. So uh, weekends are the best day to catch us. We're open until midnight on Friday and Saturday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Sunday. We're open until 10. And Thursday, we're open until 11. But keep in mind, our kitchen closes an hour before the bar. Okay. Yeah. And if it, and so if people want to look at the menu and get more information mm-hmm. about you guys. What are your social media handles? Are you guys okay, on cool. different sites? And yeah. we. Um, I try to keep everyone updated on the Instagram. That's at the Rusty Monk. Same thing with Facebook. And our website is therustymonk.com. Our menu is online if you want to look up our menu. And that's about it because I got to tell you guys, social media is so exhausting. So, yes. yeah. Yes, it is. I mainly stick to Instagram and Facebook. But, um, yeah. I'm, Do you welcome. guys have reservations or can you make yeah, reservations? Yeah, sure. And I actually that recommend happen? that because it's kind of crazy how many people come in and say, hey, uh, we need a table for 10 people. We're a very small restaurant. And so that's kind of difficult sometimes for us to do on the fly on a busy day. But we always take reservations in advance, and we keep the table open for you guys cool. if you guys call ahead. All right. So just in case you need any testers for your your upcoming meals, always let me know. Yeah, right. I'll be, I'm, I'm here too. Very available. Excellent. 
And I have no limit. Uh, yeah, I mean, f- food, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> as long as we get the sour beer, then I'm good. The, oh, good. These other beers, uh, I well, think I we, we found sours. your specialty today, Remo. Okay, well, I'm, I'm down with the sours. These two-headed ales, that <laughs> champagne beer, and, and that bomb pirate thing was just, ugh. Bomb. <laughs> but the, we, and we have a second one of these that we'll have to open maybe off air, but that's, yeah. for, that's, that's the private party. Yes, awesome. Okay. And shout out to the seller who um, has all of these wonderful yes, beer selections. The seller has a great selection. Um, that's where we, you know, kind of like to circle up. Uh, that's where we. That's where we up. get our. our that's we that's our, our distributor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, for and the, the day, se- the seller. If you're looking to sponsor us, we would gladly. We will gladly take drink you. your beer. Yes. Colleen, <laughs> awesome. thank you for coming. Thank you guys. It's been fun. It, it was Very fun. Cool. We got to do this again. Of course. Awesome. Thank you. Uh-huh. I always need an excuse to drink beer. Perfect. Same here. <laughs> 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 All right. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye.